Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM. This is B-Side Stories. Stories of the people who make Wellington tick. Did I already say 106.1 FM? Why not just say it? Even if you did. (laughs) You are listening to Wellington Access Radio. And uh, for the second half of our wonderful show, um, I hope you enjoyed that live music. That was really special. Uh, We're going to be talking to... uh, uh, Rob and Serena from an organization called Ghost Fishing NZ. Pretty intriguing name. It sure is. <laughs> uh, so Ghost Fishing is it's a nonprofit that's based in Wellington, uh, for New Zealand anyway. And they've got a team of divers committed to cleaning up lost fishing gear and other environmentally damaging rubbish that's littering our marine world. So Rob Wilson and Dr. Serena Cox are here to tell us about what the group is and some of the rubbish that they find under the sea. Hi, thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks for having us. It's It's great to be here. So just to start off, simple question, but can you explain the name Ghost Fishing? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we're not um, ghostbusters or anything like that. It's um, ghost fishing is in regards to uh, what derelict fishing gear does um, when it's been left for a duration of time where it's been abandoned on the seabed, it still continues to fish. So it was coined the name ghost fishing. Okay, so uh, like an old net, even though it's not being used for fishing, it's still killing fish, basically. Absolutely. Um, the same with um, fishing monofilament and such like. On our um, Facebook pages, you can see um, images where fish have been entrapped and crabs and such like have been entrapped in monofilament and it's been left sort of derelict on the seabed. Obviously, it can't be helped when people fish. They lose sinkers and rocky environments, so the mono stays down there. But obviously, it's been quite a fishing, quite a lot of fishing over the years, so it really builds up. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, so um, I'm kind of hoping to hear a little bit about your backgrounds and like what drew you to like cleaning up the marine environment. So, so yeah, Serena, you can kick off. So I'm a marine biologist. Um, I work for NIWA. So obviously my passion for cleaning up the marine environment is because I work in the marine environment and I'm pretty passionate about it. Um, I also have a, a little girl who is following in my footsteps and I think it's really important to protect our marine environment for future generations. Mm. Um, I am a recreational diver and a technical diver and I just am very passionate about keeping our oceans clean. I see a lot of debris discarded on the ocean floor and it makes me pretty sick actually. So it's the stomach to see it. It's pretty sad. Mm. Yeah. So was it sort of that experience of seeing rubbish that... Um prompted you to get involved or um, a lot of things? Yeah, it's a lot of things. Yeah, I've dived a lot around Wellington over the last few years and obviously I've known Rob a long time as well and um, diving together and seeing the the marine debris has kind of pushed us more to become quite proactive in this area, Um, particularly Rob as the founder of Ghost Fishing New Zealand. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Rob, tell us Um, what got you involved. I... uh probably about a decade ago with one of the local dive shops in Wellington. We're quite lucky in Wellington. We have um, we have a couple of really good um, dive shops here. Uh, invited us all along to do a to do a clean-up on the Mana um, harbour it was, actually. And I'd never had any sort of idea how bad it was in a harbour environment to dive. So we dropped into the harbour, and the first time I saw it, I thought, oh, wow, there's a real a real problem here. Um, so it's just stuff. it's just really obvious. Oh, as, as soon as you drop down, you'll you'll be into cans and bottles and and things that are just strewn everywhere. Mm. And I, I got a bit more passionate about it, and um, 
then was approached by um, a lady in the council called Megan, who runs, who used to run the uh, the big annual cleanup, and um, she sort of said, "Oh, would you like to get a bit more involved with us?" And the ghost fishing guys approached us as well. So I thought, yeah, this is a really good opportunity to join forces with some of these um, higher powers and get out there and really start making a difference. Hence the formation of a team. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So is is um there's some coordination with the council of, with what you guys do? Yeah, we've been we've been really lucky, um, not just with the council, but with the community in general, with the amount of support we get. The council comes and removes all the junk at the end of it. Cool. Um, it goes to their recycling stations. And, um, yeah, I mean, they're really prompt. We uh, haul up a lot of stuff. Um, one of the recent annual cleanups was 8,000 litres of rubbish and 43 truck tyres. So that was gone the next morning. So that's a lot of stuff. In fact, that was gone in the evening of the day of the cleanup. Yeah. But they're also really supportive with with things as simple as parking and access. Um, we need yeah. access to inner city dive sites, and it's pretty tricky for most people to get access um, with cars and vehicles up to these dive sites as well. And they've been really, really supportive of us. Um, Justin Lester's one of our keen supporters he's one, of our he's, he's one of our divers he's come along and helped out on a on a clean-up event before which he's got is three ba- three or four bags yeah, of rubbish on was, one of our annual cleanups. Awesome. Yeah. so it's fantastic to have that kind of support and that backing and that involvement as well yeah yeah right. i was yeah. most impressed with uh, with mm. justin lester and this yeah. three mil wetsuit yeah in winter yeah so. <laughs> he was a real trooper i gotta say he, he, says wow. to me, um, he said oh my last dive was you know a couple of years ago at the poor nights and i said oh it's just the same <laughs> <laughs> not even close <laughs> yeah so, yeah yeah no very very cool okay cool what kind of people are on your team are they marine biologists we we do we do have um we've got eddie um he's attached to the island bay uh, marine education center cool and um, he's a, a just a dynamo, amazing guy, and so good with people. Obviously, we get a lot of people coming past, so it's good to have. We have tanks set up um, so they can look and see what's being removed. We have a refugee status, we call it, when we remove stuff off the seabed. Obviously, there's creatures attached to it. So in order to ensure that they're safely removed and safely returned, we have um, tanks with bubblers and stuff to, to make sure. We have three teams, really. We've got the dive teams, which is including scuba and free diving. And we also have our shore team, which uh, involves lifting of the bags and such like with ropes from the, the wharves and our stations. And then we have a team called the Decritter team, which goes along and removes the, um, the sea life because we make sure that that sea life comes off the junk and, um, and is safe. Uh, we want to make sure that we are protecting the environment as much as we are cleaning the environment. Wow. Are, are there a lot of critters on the stuff that you pull up? Yes and no, right? Yeah, it depends what it is. Some some of the rubbish we pull up is um, toxic. Um, mm. You don't get a lot of critters growing mm. on like rubber car tyres because mm. it's not a nice place for them to attach. Um, but then we get other things like shopping trolleys, which are absolutely covered in marine life. Um, sometimes we actually have to make the call whether something actually stays in the marine environment because removing it actually damages the marine environment more than if we were to leave it there. It depends what it is, really. Um, we've come across old, um, like, inner spring mattress <laughs> frames, mattress, the, the spring 
part of the mattress frame yeah. um, that was so heavily encrusted in sponges and marine life that we actually left it in place because removing it would just remove too much. It's, it's become a part mm. of the reef and yeah. structure. Yeah. Um, so as difficult it is at times, we have to say, as Serena said, we have mm. to make that call and say, okay, no, we can't remove that because we're going to kill more than yeah. we are actually to leave it in there. Mm-hmm. Obviously being a metal object, it's not too bad. The, the, ru- the rust, etc. over time it will degrade. But, I mean, some of the truck tires we pulled out of um, Wellington Harbour, they must have been down there for, mm. well, uh, and a long time. Yeah. Um, and we pull out hundreds of road cones, and they never really have anything attached to them. We got, how <laughs> I many? 27 in an hour on one of our recent dives. Oh, man. And we found nine just after the whistle had gone. We've, we've only got a 60-minute window to dive um, due to gas restrictions. Uh, oh. We're very safety conscious. Oh, okay. So, um yeah, just on the return, one of our divers goes, I've just found another nine, but we're out of time. <laughs> so we'll it's, it's never any time. <laughs> yeah, and um, unfortunately, in a high sort of pedestrian area and uh, also a high drinking area, um, people do tend to uh, just turf them in. We do have a very windy environment in Wellington. Yeah. But a row cone getting blown over in the wind and sort of making its way into the water, that's a bit of a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always wondered about that. Like, how does the rubbish get to the sea? Because I certainly have the impression that, like, it, nobody would ever, like, take their garbage and, like, throw it on the footpath or even throw it in the yeah. forest. Yeah, we're definitely on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, there's a very much a, an out-of-sight, out-of-mind mentality. Yeah. And there are a lot of um, people that will walk along and throw a can or a bottle over the side and it disappears out of sight, so therefore it's gone. Mm. They don't need to worry about it again. Um, and obviously we're a big city built around waterways, so you know there's a lot of events that happen down on the waterfront, and unfortunately you see piles of wine bottles and champagne bottles and beer bottles that obviously have just been turfed over from a boat that's pulled in and parked up in front of Frank Kitts Park Lagoon and decided to spend a Sunday afternoon having mm. a few drinks on board, and all the bottles have just been thrown over the side. And we get mm. strange stuff like... People organising events near at uh, Frank Kitts, and we're going to have a balloon release. You know, oh, wonderful! You know, it's a great event. We're going to release balloons. Where are those balloons going to go? You know, they go up atmosphere, pop, come straight back in in the sea into you know? the ocean. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like oh, wonderful! Yeah, great cause, but not the smartest idea. No, no. we do get some unusual things there too. We've, we tend to find a lot of babies' prams. <laughs> Minus yeah. the babies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know why. The last yeah. clean up we Seven had. Seven or nine, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I don't know. A yeah, few of them, very, yeah, very bizarre. Yeah. And a coffee maker. Don't know how that got in there. <laughs> Lots of cell phones and sunglasses. Yeah. yeah. Oh, loads okay. of shopping trolleys, yeah. loads of road cones. Rugby trophy was one Rugby we trophy. Found as well. Yeah. yeah. It was oh. oddly, we were cleaning up on the day of the World Cup. And I found a rugby trophy on the seabed. <laughs> it was really appropriate. <laughs> Normal people are watching the rugby. <laughs> we were like, uh, sort of. Sideliners almost. Yeah, but you won your own cup, so there you go. That's it. it. We're winning for the environment, and and that's that's why we do it. We we, we love Wellington, we love our city, uh, we love New Zealand, and we just really want to make an environmental environmental impact. For Wellington, I know we get some pretty good. We get stingrays coming into the harbour and stuff, but it's not the Great Barrier Reef. Like, what's the sort of... The value of the marine life in there, is there a lot? or You couldn't put a, a price on the value. I mean, this, the south coast of Wellington has to be some of the best diving I've done anywhere in the world. Is that right? Um, yeah, no, it really is beautiful. And it's it's changeable, it's dynamic. I mean, um, ask and any divers. marine protected area yeah, too, which the, makes the a massive difference. The Tuffer Tauranga Reserve is just 
wonderful. I mean, that reserve, we need more reserves <laughs> in the story. And um, even the commercial sector, um, you can go down there and you can see 21 crayfish pots on the edge of the marine reserve. So, I mean, they, mm. they know it's working. They know, yeah. They absolutely know. And, um, yeah, the spillover is fantastic. And diving in the reserve and diving out of the reserve is chalk and cheese. You know, it really is a, a huge difference. But even the inner harbour, it's what you would expect from a, a city harbour that's muddy and it's silty and it's a little bit brown in colour, um, not because of bad water quality, but just because um, of the nature of the, the bottom of the seafloor. It's quite muddy and silty and gets stirred up quite easily. But it, it does still have a reasonably diverse marine life around the um, the port and the inner city um, pontoon harbour areas. You do get a huge amount of life growing on the wharf piles and, mm. and, and underneath the pontoons and the structures. So we do have a very diverse marine life there. Um, it's just not often seen because of where it is and people don't tend to want to dive in the inner parts of a harbour. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, is it allowed for in general for people to Depends jump in? Depends where it is. There's yeah, not around pretty the much port. restricted okay. access yeah. for port, the port itself. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's been a fairly strong recent crackdown on um, people diving there, which I think is, uh, for a safety reason, obviously in and, around, in and around sort of wharf piles and stuff is not ideal. Um, so we have to clear um, our dives with the um, the harbour team there for the council, uh, also the harbour master, and um, all our events and dives when we go to, we do reconnaissance dives before the events to see the what sort of stuff we're dealing with, if there's any large objects, we'll mark it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, they've been really good with um, with letting us have access. Mm-hmm. So it has been very cool like that. That's mm-hmm. neat. It sounds like... Um, you're talking a bit about technical diving and safety and tanks, and it, it takes some expertise to do this kind of thing. But you know, Justin Lesser also jumped in and did a, <laughs> <That's> the, <laughs> a wee bit. So the, who who can sort of get involved if they want to be able to help out? That's the cool thing with the diversity of, of how we've ghost fishing is an international organisation, mm-hmm. um, but ghost fishing New Zealand we've kind of. Um, Diversified. I mean, <laughs> we have, yeah, we, but we have put our own criteria on um, who can do what and in which location to keep people safe. Um, so, for some of our really low visibility dives, which are not the nicest dives, we, we have minimum requirements in place, and anybody can check what those out are. are out, sorry, on our website. Um, in terms of the minimum number of log dives somebody needs to have before we'll put allow them to go into an area and do the dives. Mm-hmm. But on saying that, we warmly encourage public participation, whether um, they're certified recreational divers or free divers or um, shore crew, shore support crew. We're always in need of shore support. Um, but as to whether the people get in the water um, depends on our criteria it's, that we have It's just too big a job for us to do yeah, on our own. Yeah. And that's why the community support has been absolutely mm. critical. Um, you know, we can do our bit in the water, um, and the more volunteers we get and get involved, it's increasing the amount of divers too, so it's good for the dive community because people are getting excited about making a difference, especially for the, the younger generation, like people who are wanting to get involved in diving. Um, statistics show that um, the younger generation of diving is actually starting to drift off a bit. So us getting more people involved, a lot of young people are quite environmentally focused these days, mm. uh, which is fantastic. And... Um, getting them involved is, is absolutely critical. So, yeah, we, we're more than welcome anybody to come along to our events. Neat. Um, is there, you talked about how special the Marine Reserve is. Uh, do you, 
uh, it's great that you're down there like picking up our rubbish. Is, is there things that you can um, help us to prevent that rubbish ending up there in, in the first place or like to make our marine areas more protected and more special and make sure that, you know, they're healthy and strong instead of like covered in our litter? Absolutely. The storm drains is a, is a good thing. A, a lot of people just discard cigarette butts straight into the gutter. And um, yeah, unfortunately, as, as even written on some of the drains, it's, it's drains to oceans and they literally do. The areas that we dive that have um, storm drains running into them and we can literally track it underwater the amount of plastic, library cards, cigarette butts, plastic bags, and one storm drain at a fetal bay there, particularly. Mm -hmm. um, it's one of our favourite dive sites. We can pretty much track it right into the bay where the storm drain comes out. Yeah. I think one of the most important things that we've done is um, we've tried to really promote education and outreach. So at every one of our events, we have, an, a, a demon, like we have our rubbish piled up for people to see. And we do our events in really public areas so that we get a lot of foot traffic walking past. And we do it in areas where you kind of have to walk around the rubbish and you see it. And we get so many people stopping and saying, oh my gosh, I cannot believe you've just pulled that out of the harbour. Yeah. In an so, hour. <laughs> in an hour. So one of the most valuable things I think we've been doing is these cleanups in public areas. So people can actually see what's down there mm. and they're going away with a very strong take-home message yeah. that this was just pulled out of the harbour in one hour and oh my gosh it fills up a skip bin it's that yeah. much yeah. and um, yeah that that education has really made a big impact and we're getting comments left all over our Facebook site oh my gosh I cannot believe you just pulled that out of the harbour I had no idea yeah. Yeah. so if we can slowly expose more and more of the public to that by doing our clean-up events in really public areas, I think that's great. Mm. We've also mm. been approaching, um, well, actually schools have approached us. So we've gone along to a few uh, schools and, and just talked about what we do on ghost fishing and how we do it and why. So, again, it's education, getting the younger generation aware of what's going on and, and then getting that spillover effect as they grow up. They're going to be more aware, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they've turned up to our events. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. 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 Kids. Yeah, yeah, Kids, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, some of our events are not all in water. They're just beach-based as well. So obviously they're really family-friendly. Mm -hmm. um, so we do, we get a lot of children coming along and picking up rubbish. And they're really motivated, actually. They really get excited by it, which is great. Yeah, and it's teaching them a really good message as well. Mm. That's cool. When When is your guys' next event? This weekend. <laughs> <laughs> this Sunday. Sunday. Yes, it is. Yes, um, we're tackling an area um, which is well-renowned for bottles. It's actually uh, one of the very first areas we did clean up. Um, when I say clean up, we, you know, we've started it. It's an ongoing process. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, we're going back to our um, pretty much our roots where um, ghost fishing was first formed. But we did a clean up um, at this area, Greta Point, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, we're uh, pretty excited about getting a fairly decent haul. We've done a couple of dives in there already. Uh, there are two toilets to be removed. <laughs> What? Yeah, two perfectly <laughs> preserved porcelain toilets sitting as as it would in your bathroom on the seabed in, in two different locations. And how they got there is a complete mystery to us. Yeah. It's not like you could throw it. It's a, it's a long way out. <laughs> so, yeah, no, there are a lot of sort of uh, mysteries of items getting to places where we just cannot figure out how they got there. Sure. So, so um, if people want to learn more and find out about that event and others, how can they find out more? Our, uh, our Facebook page, um, yep. Ghost Facebook. Fishing NZ, 
uh, or our website www.ghostfishing.co.nz. Um, all of our events are posted on the Facebook page and also all of our events are on the website. And if someone wanted to help out or, or just see the pile of rubbish, could they just walk up and, and maybe um, lend a hand? Yep, absolutely. absolutely. Yep, yep. So um, all the location details are posted on our um, events updates on the Facebook site as well. Cool. Um, and anybody who wants to become a member of Ghost Fishing can do that on our website too. Um, there's all the information you need, whether you want to join us as a shore crew or a scuba diver or a free diver or a decritterer. Mm. <laughs> all the information's on our website. And um, one of our, the leader of our free team, Tom Moody, um, was actually in talks with Hal Pizza. So Hal Pizza is now one of our primary sponsors. Mm-hmm. So there may or may not be free pizza <laughs> <laughs> at every event. <laughs> Just yeah, these saying. guys are incredible. I mean, our yeah. um, event there at um, Oriental Parade, we pulled out forty kilos of sinkers alone, again in an hour. And, wow! Um, and Hal turned up with. I don't know how many pizzas, but yeah, no one went home hungry that day. All right. Incredible. Mm, yeah. That is a good motivator. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Free pizza, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Serena and Rob from Ghost Fishing NZ, thanks for coming in to chat to us. Absolute thanks for having thank us. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Wellington. Shall we have another track from Black Minalouche before we go well, out? We might get a little bit of it in there. Are you thinking up here? Yeah. Give us a play. program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding the Access Internet Radio Project.